Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Manchester campus. Welcome to Grace Capital Church, one of our weekend services. So great to have you here. I do want to say a special greeting to those who are going to be watching this online to our amazing location in Manchester. Can we hear a cheer for Manchester? Manchester, you are loved and you're a part of the family. To our amazing location in Laconia, do we hear for them? Woo, woo. You're loved. And to Pembroke, you're loved too. Woo! Well, to, today we have this amazing guest speaker with us, one of our missionaries, uh, Foursquare missionaries, John Marziegos, something like that, uh, from Mexico. He is a friend of Grace Capital Church, and he has a word for us today. And we want to hear from him. Would you give Pastor John a big round of applause? (laughs) Brother. Hey, what's up? Hey, thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling the love. And it feels good. Man, I have, hey, Manchester's. I'm hugging you, Laconia, I'm hugging you, and Pembroke, I'm hugging, it's awesome to be here tonight, and you know, God is, I, I, I told Mark, I got some stuff I've been working on, you know, I've been meditating on, and I wanted to bring it here, and I was going to try it out on you guys, because I can leave here, and then I can go back to Mexico, and I've worked through this stuff, you know what I mean, but man, God messes everything up. He is God, and he does what he wants to do, and this is Missions Weekend. I did not know this was Missions Weekend, and uh, he has a word, and then I'm, at the end, I'm going to have a, an altar call. Amen, and, a, and, I, and, I, and it's going to be very specific. God spoke to me, and I, and I like that because um, I just like it when he speaks to me, and, um, and, and, he, and he loves you. And he has a word for you, and some of you are going to respond to what he wants to say tonight to you and call you, okay? So we're going to go to the classical missions text, uh, Great Commission, but I'm going to approach it from a different perspective. Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, and I'm going to show you the part. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the light. Because as I get older, the letters get smaller, and my glasses get thicker. And um, it's okay. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. I know you guys pretty much read out of the ESV, but, um, but I just, you know, since the Spirit-filled Bible is the four-square Bible, you know, I bet I, it's all good. I really like the NIV because it's written at eighth grade level and I can understand it. Okay, this is the word of God. The eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some 
doubt it. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've, I have commanded you. And so, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, you are doing something amazing in this church. And this church is going to impact not only the state, the United States, but the whole world. And Lord, I want to align myself with what you're doing here at Grace Capital. And Lord, I repent. I repent from wanting to bring my word instead of yours. And so, Lord, I, I, I ask you that you would take this message today and you would ignite something huge in the particular people that I'm addressing, that you're calling, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the leadership. Oh, Lord, thank you for the leadership team, the time we had together today. I, I just, I long, I know I don't have to beg you to do it, but I long for you to bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to tell you right off the bat that I love you, man. And it's a privilege to be here. All right, this is the Great Commission. And the Great Commission, you know, go and make disciples in, um, of all the nations. That's the primary verb there, you know. And all the, the rest, they seem like verbs, but they're participles. They're, they're, they're to kind of emphasize what making disciples are. Number one, you baptize. That's a public declaration of a faith that's internal. Teaching them to obey all the things I've commanded you. That's, you know, walking with God, learning how to respond and be obedient to him. And then the promise of presence. We got that. But you know, the part that I love about this great commission is verse 17. I love this part. And they worship and they, they saw when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. I love that part because we are a mixed bag. And what I want to do today is I want to take away the mystique that missionaries are somebody or some people special, that they're more holy. Let me tell you something. These disciples, they're the ones that walk with Jesus. The 11, one betrayed. They, they had seen the miracles. They had Quality private time with them. They, they saw how he ministered. They saw how he gave dignity to people. He saw how he received the marginalized. He was beautiful. And, and, and then they saw that he risen from the dead. And here Jesus is calling them out to go into all the world and make disciples. And even in the midst of knowing all that they have had known and experienced with Jesus, they're worshiping him. But in the midst of that worship, they are doubting and it doesn't mean they doubted Jesus. It's just that's the way we live. We got stuff going on in our lives and we worship him. But there's stuff that we got to deal with, stuff that's bothering us, stuff that we don't understand. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a missionary and I fight with my wife and I yell at my kids. And oh, if you drive in Mexico, you want some road rage? Man, when they cut me off... I want to kill people. And my wife says, John, that's when we start fighting. John, 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 I'm going to knock that sucker out. <laughs> but John, you're a pastor. Not right now, I'm not. I'm not a pastor right this moment. I'm not. Yeah, preach it. Right now, I'm not. 
Right now I got kids in my car and that man just almost killed us. I'm going to kill him so he can see what it feels like. And so, you know, I think it's so important to understand that when God calls people to the mission field or to whatever mission you have, and God has a mission for this church. And I hang around with Mark, and I hung around with Peter, and Peter says, hey, hey. You know, when I hung around, I realized this passion and this need to reach the lost. And so I wanted to talk about something else. But the Lord said, John, you've got to talk to those people that are very uncomfortable and they disqualify themselves because they're very aware of their shadow and their dark dark side. And I want to tell you something. All of us, all of us are a mixed bag. All of us have wonderful, beautiful, amazing um, spiritual experiences and capacities. And some of us, at times, have things that are almost even diabolical. A dark side. And we are a mixed bag. And those things are always playing um, with one another. I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I get invited to do... I, I, I get invited to these things, you know. Um, to these special... Um, committees and leadership things. And they go, Johnny, we want you. We want you there. We want to hear your input. Now, I was in this special strategic planning thing for the Southeast District when I was pastoring the church there. And, um, you know, pastors blow it. They fall into immorality. They embezzle money and they get hurt and they get isolated. They get, you know, they get, they get angry and resentful. So I was part of a task force that, that was supposed to talk about this. And so the guy that was moderating, he was this psychologist, strategist, you know, big dog, you know, really going to move us. And he's asking every one of us, tell us, tell us where you're struggling. And I said, whoa, I'm going to get real here. And um, I said, I'll tell you what my struggle is, is that God is holy. He's really holy. And I'm a dirtbag. And I'll give you an example. I was leading a missions team. Did I ever tell you this story? Because I forget where I'm at sometimes. I wake up, where am I? Chicago. And so I'm leading this missions team, and it's a beautiful missions team. And um, I was single then. And so we come back, and we're having a debrief. and, And I was single then, and it was a dad. He had three daughters, and he was trying to marry one of them off. So he's like, take your pick. And, and, and so I'm there, I'm in, the, I'm in here, and, and this was, you got to imagine, this is one of those families that are perfect, beautiful, wonderful little innocent girls, dad, it's, you know, dad and the wife and the beautiful house and, and a real Christian, I'm going, man, these are real Christians here, and so I go in and we eat the meal and we're having coffee with the coffee cups and the sponge cake, you know. And I'm sitting there, and this thought comes to me. Jump up on that coffee table, pull your pants down, and moon everybody. <laughs> this thing came over me, this urge to do that, to just get up there and row, and, 
And I go, oh my God, the, the devil's in me. And I'm, I'm sitting on my hands. I, I, the coffee cup, you know, it's just like, whoa, 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 put this. And I go, this will pass, this will pass, this will pass, this will pass, this will pass. Now, I know you guys have had some weird kind of thoughts come through your mind. And I'm thinking, my God, man, I just came back from a mission trip, and I'm thinking those kind of crazy things. What is wrong with you? You're sick. So I'm telling these pastors that, you know. I'm telling these pastors. I'm, I'm really kind of getting into this thing. God is holy, but I'm a dirtbag. And I'm giving an example of what that means. Man, like it was like silence. <laughs> nobody, nobody said anything. It's like, woo. You know, and then I just said, hey, you guys, you're starting to make me feel paranoid here. Can somebody say something? And then this other guy, this old man, he confessed his stuff. And I went, whoa. But when he confessed it, it was so funny. I fell out the chair laughing. I was cracking up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this thing. It's this thing about us as human beings. That, that, that we're a mixed bag. And then the enemy comes and he just really kind of hammers you and he disqualifies you from doing the work of the Lord. And you begin to think, you know, I, you, know you look at, that's why I want to take away the mystique, you guys. I don't want you thinking that missionaries are any holier than you. No way. They're people that just, all they've done, that lady, I love that lady, Philippines, Woo! You know, it's just, it's just this thing that you realize, I, you just got to move beyond, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about that. Now, what does God feel? What do you think God felt when I, I'm in there telling all these pastors that I want to moon everybody in that room? What do you, what do you, what do you think Jesus is saying to Gabriel? Oh, man, that's my son, but you know what? Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to deal with him. <laughs> I'm going to discipline him. What, what does God think about that stuff? What does he think about our dark side? I want you to go to Matthew chapter 11. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to preach because I can't see my watch, so that's, you know. Sorry, Mark. Laconia, Manchester, you're awesome, and Pembroke. All right, Matthew chapter 11. We're having too much fun in church, and, you know, amen. First of all, you know, some of you got kind of offended. I, I, I can just, I could hear your private conversation. I, I felt the vibe. What do you mean diabolical? What do you mean by diabolical? <laughs> I don't know. Man, something's in the coffee. <laughs> kind of pumped me up. <laughs> Let me just show you something. If you don't believe me, I'll show you in the scriptures and you fight with God because he's the one who came up with the idea about this mixed bag thing because he shows us in the scripture. Go to Math, before we go to Matthew chapter 11, let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. This is very interesting. You know, Jesus was a great coach. He was a great everything. And, and, and you know, 
questions, you know, we're all big now coaching, asking these questions, you know, get people to kind of discover what's in there. But Jesus was doing this way before it was even cool. And it says here in verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Questions kind of focus you. They kind of focus, they make you think. Very important. So they say, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah for one, or, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Revelation always comes from great questions. That's why questions are so powerful. They generate revelation. And in verse 17, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, um, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I, you know, can you imagine all the disciples are there and Jesus gives Peter a shout out? How do you think Peter's feeling? Whoo, baby, I'm bad. Feeling great. The Father speaks to me. Too bad, you guys. He didn't speak to you, but you hang with me. You might learn something. And so he's feeling really good about himself because the, the Father has revealed to him who Jesus is, and he's feeling good. And so based on that revelation, now, and that's very important because I don't want to get sidetracked on something else that, you know, it's not the point of the message tonight. But based on that revelation... All this has to do with the binding, the loosing, the keys. It all has to do with the revelation of who Jesus is. So so he's saying there, I I, I say to you, I also say to you, you are Peter. And on this rock, not Peter, but the revelation of who Jesus is. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay, so... So God's going to build his church on the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That's what our job is as a church, to reveal who Jesus is to people. Okay, and we all have that experience. That's, that's our job. And then it says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I know we get into this binding, loosing kind of thing, but I understand, this is my interpretation, is what you do with Jesus determines whether you will continue to be bound or you'll be loosed. If you respond to him in faith, you are loosed. And if you don't, if you reject the revelation of Jesus, you stay bound. Okay. You like that, right? Because it's all Jesus focused. Then he commanded disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus to Christ. Because it's not time yet. Okay, so who got the great revelation? Who? Bible scholars? Peter got it. Now check this out. This is probably a few days later. From that time... From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that, you sh- that, that this shall happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. All right? Peter went, Whoa, where is he? Where, where is he? 
get behind me, Satan. And then he says, for um, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So here we got, in one minute, Peter having this amazing revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And from that revelation, all the immense and wonderful teaching that is generated from that revelation. But just a few days later, Peter is, whisp- is listening to the whispers of Satan. That's how we live. They worship God and some doubt it. Now, I want you to know that that's how we live. Now, we learn to discern God's voice, and we learn how to rebuke the voice of Satan. But we are always in this tension. And that tension is something that, for some people, makes them want to feel like they're disqualified. And that's when you've got to be relentless in your faith. Now, let me go back to Matthew chapter 11, and with this we'll finish. Yeah, yell it out, man. Let's just get crazy. Because, because I, I want to tell you why it's so important. I'm going to end with a story why it's so important. And I'm going to tell you something. The enemy's always trying to disqualify me. Every time I get up to preach, he was doing it right then and there. You know, you did that. You thought this, you thought that. You know what I tell him now? I go, you missed a few. <laughs> you missed a few. And I'm going to talk to my dad about this, but shut up because, buddy, I'm going to raise my voice like a trumpet and preach the word of God. So you know what? He doesn't even mess with me anymore because he knows it motivates me now. It motivates me to even get more passionate when I preach the word of God. Let's go. That's what we're supposed to do. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. Now, now, this is very important. What does Jesus do when we live in that mixed bag moment? Amen. Why don't you come up here and preach? It says here, Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples, and they said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now let me tell you, there was never anyone that got more revelation as to who Jesus was than John. And... and But there's a moment in John's life that he is hearing about what Jesus is doing and it doesn't fit because you you begin to, if you you read Matthew 3, Luke 3 and you see John's message, it's severe. And then you you go to Luke chapter 4 and you see how Jesus, full of the Spirit, how he begins to talk about the blind will see, the captives will be be cut loose and the, the glorious day of the Lord and all of that. They're, they're almost like two different messages. And so John is hearing something about Jesus that he doesn't understand, and he is in prison. His circumstances are not... I mean, John, if you want to see John the Baptist, go downtown Pembroke or Manchester, and you know that, home, that homeless guy that you, you're afraid of? That's John. John had wild hair. I mean, he was wild, leather belt, beard, kind of funky beard like, like you got... And, 
And he had like honey in it. It's like some of it was kind of mashed down and little like locust, locust, you know, wings in it. I mean, he was wild. And he lived in the desert and he was free as a dog, you know. And his, 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 his pillow was a rock, you know. I mean, that guy was hard. And now he's in prison. And he's hearing what Jesus is doing. And you know, people who follow people become like the people they follow. And you can imagine that John's disciples were probably even more severe. They were, they were going to out John John. And so here they come, you know, these, oh, in the waters part. People, oh, here comes John's disciples. And they're like severe too. And they come up and they put their finger in Jesus' chest and they say, Are you the one or should we wait for another? Because John's not sure. Now, if I was Jesus, you better tell John he better just get his attitude together. And what's up with you, man? You better back off kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Young people know what I'm talking about. You older people, you know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I wanted to see you jump up and, you know, rise up. You better back off. All right, my man. That's what I was doing. I want to get that blood flowing. It's working. Now he says, um, Jesus kind of listens to this. And he says, um, go tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. We're offended by Jesus when Jesus doesn't. We can't box him in. And sometimes when he just doesn't behave the way we think he should in our theological box, we get mad at him. So what does Jesus feel about John's moment of doubt? Now look, this is beautiful. Verse 7, as they departed... Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, because, because he knows what's being whispered now. People love fights. Fight! Hey, I thought John and Jesus were tight. What's going on? You know, we, when there's crises in the church, or a little bit of conflict, man, that's all we can talk about and, and, and comment on. And we're wondering, what, what happened? What's going on? What's going on, man? What'd you hear? I don't know, but, you know, I'm going to call someone because they know. And we love it. And so John is hearing the multitudes talking. And he knows that their concern is, is what's going down between Jesus and John. And Jesus is not going to defend himself. He's going to defend John. Because, see, that's what Jesus does when we're in our moment of weakness and that mixed bag thing is playing out on us. The thing we've got to understand is that Jesus is defending us. And so he says, you know, it says there in verse 7, as they depart, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? He says, do you, do you, do you think because John is having a moment of doubt that he's wishy-washy? 
You think he's wishy-washy? Oh, Jesus is getting ticked. You think, you think G, that John is getting wishy-washy? Then he, then, he, then he starts talking about the price that John's paid. He says, but what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. You, you think John's in it for the benefits? If he's in for the benefits, he wouldn't be in prison right now. He's in prison because he's preaching my word. You know, Jesus never forgets who we are. We do. When our dark side kind of kicks in, not Jesus. Jesus will always contend for who we are. He will always contend for the ministry that he's called us to have. We're the ones that disqualify ourselves. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Oh man, he's going to get crazy. Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger, he's mine, my messenger before the face, before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, now this is where he gets really crazy. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not been one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Meaning, you guys are going to understand some revelation about the kingdom of God that he doesn't right now. He doesn't understand it, but he's still great. And so, let me tell you something. I, one thing I know is that when I, when I feel insecure, or I feel like I've disqualified, or I've blown it, I just know that Jesus is fighting and contending for my call, and he's defending me. And I'll tell you why this is so important. A month ago, we minister in San Luis Potosí. And when you hear some stuff in, about Mexico, not all of Mexico is dangerous. Our part of the country is safe, and there's reasons why that is. But there's other parts of the country in Mexico that are under cartel control. And we have a children's center, and we're here and in the northwest in Sinaloa, Guasave, Sinaloa, the, the Sinaloa cartel. It's one of the, it is the fifth largest, um, what they call, um, mafia-type syndicate or entity in the world billions and billions of dollars very dangerous and we have a children's center up there we feed kids one day a week and we on three days a week we have a children's center and youth center because a lot of those children and their parents their dads have been either killed in the cartel wars or they're in prison and that ministry was started by a 66 year old woman her and her husband Left L.A., he, her husband was a waiter for the Hilton banquets for 40 years, and he went back to his... And in her village, she began to see all these kids that just walking around barefooted. And, and so she called me. She knew me, just like I know you. I, I preached at the church she came from. and She said, I'm going to call Johnny. She said, will you come and help me? And I, we took over that ministry. And I went a month ago. And this guy got saved. But his daughter, on a Sunday afternoon, 
15-year-old daughter got abducted by two men, and they raped her from 5 o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night. The things that they did to that girl, and then they dumped her on the street. She could not walk for four days. And this man looks to me, and he says, you're the man of God, and I want you to pray for my daughter. And I'm thinking, (laughs) there's just no way. And so I go to their village, and nobody, he's come to the Lord, and it's, He's divorced from the, the woman, you know, his, the mother of the daughter. And the mother is married another, the stepdad. And I go to this village, and there's all the stepdad and the brothers and the uncles, and they're packing. And who's this American guy that's going to come and minister? To, they, I mean, they're, they're angry. And they carry her out. They carry her out, and they sit her under a tree And this was my prayer. This is the only thing I asked for. I said, Jesus, I just want to make her giggle. If I can just make her giggle, God, just somehow in the midst of all that darkness and ugliness, if I could just make her giggle, And we're talking and, you know, and I said something and she giggled. And, I mean, everybody stopped and they looked at her and they looked at me. We have started a church right there. And if I would have gotten caught up in disqualifying myself from the call of God in my ministry because of all the stuff that's in me, and I didn't obey, that little girl would have never giggled. And it's for her that we do it. And you got to get over it. You got to get over it. You got to say, God, forgive me, but I am going to serve you. And this is much bigger than me. So this is the call. If you've been feeling, I mean, there is little girls like that all over the world. In Pembroke, Manchester. They might have not experienced what this little girl experienced. But there's people that need you to get over the intimidation of your dark side. And just say, God, I'm going to serve you. And you take care of this mess. I'm going to serve you. And if you've been feeling like God, but you are caught up, and I I don't want to shame you, I don't want to, I just want to free you. That you have a Jesus in heaven that will defend you and fight. I can show you scripture after scripture, story after story, how God defends those that he's called. And he doesn't disqualify them. So if you feel, if you, if you, right now you go, you know what, I'm going to let it rip. Whatever you want, God, I don't want to be bothered by my own limitations. I don't want to disqualify myself. I'm ready to go. If I will give you everything I've got. I want you to use me. There's people that need to hear from you. Will you please, let's, let's get Pentecostal here. Will you please come to the altar? Will you say, okay, I'm coming. And I, you know, please. Come right now. I want to pray for you.
Just get up out of your chair and just say, I am going to never again disqualify myself. And if I've got stuff that I've got to deal with, my father and I are going to deal with it. That's why you've got this church. We are going to open up our lives. We're not going to be hiding anymore. But what's going to drive you to get healed is to reach little girls that have been raped. It's not all of you. Some of you are just, you know, You need to be up here. You need to take a step of faith. Let your life have meaning. Please, let your life, I beg you in the name of Jesus, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of people that need to hear the message of the gospel. You need to say, I'm available, God. I'm going to align myself with the mission of this church. I'm going to ask, how can I help? Take my little grain of sand and this whole seashore of redemptive history. Lord, I'm just a little grain, but I want to be faithful to my grain. Lord, you see these beautiful people. Lord, I just wanted them to take a step of faith. Just take a step of faith to get up and move. And the fact that they're here, Lord, they're saying, God, you know every heart. There's no secrets from you, God. You know everything they've done, thought, everything, Lord. You know where they've come from. You know where they, what they're thinking. And I pray in the name of Jesus, just this overwhelming sensation that you're the one that's in heaven, just absolutely advocating for us, declaring to all the hosts of heaven and the demons of hell who we are to you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the boldness of these brothers and sisters that are standing here right now. God, I believe what they're doing. I believe what they're declaring with their standing here in Jesus' name. God, we're going to see this church explode. Explode by people that are a mixed bag. But it's going to explode in Jesus' name. And you guys believe it, please say amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. You can go to your seats. I love you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.